0: Law of self-defense content you are about to enjoy is presented for general educational purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice. If you are in need of legal advice, consult competent legal counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Welcome back to our ongoing coverage of the Ahmad Arbury case, in which defendants Greg McMichael, Travis McMichael, and William Bryan are being tried for murder and other charges in the shooting death of Arbury. I am, of course, attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. So today, the court proceeded again with jury selection, or voir dire, in the case, with the goal of impaneling 12 jurors and four alternates. Today's was the fourth group of prospective jurors put through the selection process, with each group nominally numbering about 20 people. Today's voir dire process mirrored that of yesterday, and I expect tomorrow, with general or group voir dire being conducted in the jury assembly room, not in the courtroom, we'll share our notes and video of the general voir dire proceedings with you here. Of particular note from today's general voir dire, more than half, 60% of prospective jurors had already formed or expressed a belief in the guilt or innocence of the defendants. Nearly half of today's prospective jurors, 45%, had been victims of burglary or home invasion. Three-fourths, 75%, of prospective jurors owned firearms in their home, which I guess is no shock if only given their burglary home invasion experience. A very large majority, 85%, of prospective jurors indicated that they had never engaged in any demonstrations or marches in support of the social justice movement. An even larger majority, 90%, indicated that they'd never advocated for or supported the Black Lives Matter movement, even with mere bumper stickers or yard signs. A still larger majority, 95%, said that they did not consider the old Georgia state flag, based on a Confederate flag motif, to be a racist symbol. A large majority of prospective jurors, 80%, said that people of color are treated fairly by the criminal justice system. On the other hand, almost half of today's prospective jurors, 45%, said that the police generally did not treat white and black people equally. Even before we get to today's General voir dire, however, there was a motion in court at the start of the day by a representative of the media, a media intervener, in which the media collectively was asking Judge Walmsley to lift his longstanding gag order on the attorneys involved in this trial. Effectively, they've been ordered not to talk about the case outside of the courtroom. The media representative argued that the gag order was so broad and ambiguous that it would inevitably have a chilling effect on the attorneys involved, who would surely err on the side of caution and generally decline to speak substantively to the media. Judge Walmsley's response was to act a bit incredulous and remind the media that they're free to get any actual information about the case from the court clerk in terms of motions and filings and such. This, of course, left the media representative unsatisfied because interviews with the attorneys would make for compelling broadcast content, but written motions do not. Judge Walmsley indicated that he would take the matter under advisement, which is usually a polite way of saying, I'm not going to change anything, but we'll see. When the media representative then asked if they should expect a copy of the judge's decision on this motion, that decision to be in written form, presumably for purposes of appeal by the media, if the decision went against them, Uh, The judge rather coolly gave him a, when the phone doesn't ring, you'll know it's me kind of response. At that point, defense counsel, Bob Rubin, one of Travis McMichael's lawyers informed the court that he too would like the gag order relaxed and defense counsel, Kevin Gow, one of Roddy Bryan's lawyers agreed that it would be nice if the gag order was relaxed. But he also noted that the court had many motions from defense counsel and perhaps even from the state, waiting for decisions by the judge, and those presumably would receive priority over the media's complaints. As an aside, Attorney Gao also informed the court of some incidental contact he'd had with uh, a son of one of the prospective jurors, but I don't expect much to come from that other than possibly the dismissal of that prospect from the jury pool. And I have embedded a video of this media interveners interaction with the court this morning, as well as the defense counsel's kind of support of relaxing the gag order. You can find that video, as all the video, in the text version of today's content. Let's turn now to the general voidier. dire. But before we do, I'd like to mention the sponsor of today's content, which is CCW Safe, a provider of legal service memberships, what many people mistakenly call self-defense insurance. Folks, what CCW Safe does is promise to pay their members legal expenses if the member's involved in a use-of-force event, and those expenses can be enormous. If you've been compelled to shoot someone in self-defense, they die, you're charged with manslaughter or murder, you can easily go through $200,000 before you even get to the trial itself. So if you don't have that kind of money stuffed in a mattress, just in case you're compelled to defend yourself or your family, it can be helpful to have a partner standing behind you to provide the resources you need to fight that legal battle the way you want it fought as if the rest of your life depends on the outcome, because it really does. That's what CCW Safe does for its members. Now, I've looked at all the companies out there that offer similar services, and I've concluded that CCW Safe is by far the best fit for me. I'm personally a member, my wife, Emily, is personally a member. Whether they're the best fit for you is something only you can decide, but I do urge you to take a look at what they have to offer by pointing your browser to lawofselfdefense.com slash CCWsafe. And if you do decide to become a member there, you can save 10% off your membership using the discount code LOSD10, that's L-O-S-D for Law of Self-Defense, and the number 10 at that URL, lawofselfdefense.com slash CCWsafe. All right, folks, let's jump into the General Voidir. So once again, today's General Voidir was a four-stage process with welcoming remarks and a few questions from Judge Walmsley, then extensive questioning by Prosecutor Linda Donikowski, more succinct questioning by Defense Counsel Jason Sheffield, and finally, closing remarks and cautions by Judge Walmsley, after which the court transitioned into individual voidir back in the courtroom. Now, for Judge Walmsley's welcome and questions for the prospective jurors, as one might expect, it was essentially identical to yesterday. It was here that a substantial majority of the prospective jurors, 60% of them, indicated that they had already formed or expressed an opinion of guilt or innocence of the accused. So here are Judge Walmsley's four general voir dire questions to the prospective jurors. And in the text version of today's content, that'll also provide the individually numbered responses. The judge asked if any of the prospective jurors were related by blood or marriage to any defendant or to Ahmad Arbery, and none were. It was here that nearly half of the prospective jurors, 45% of them, indicated that they had already formed or expressed an opinion of guilt or innocence of the accused. So here are Judge Wamsley's four general voir dire questions to the prospective jurors, and in the text version of today's content, I'll include their individually numbered responses. The judge asked if any of the prospective jurors were related by blood or marriage to any defendant or to Ahmad Arbery, and none were. He asked if any had formed an opinion with regard to guilt or innocence of the accused, and again, nearly half, 45% of them, had. Then he asked if any had any prejudice or bias either for or against the accused. Only three of them indicated that. And finally, the judge asked basically the same question in the negative. Is your mind not perfectly impartial between the state and the accused? And only one of the 20 prospective jurors indicated that their mind was not perfectly impartial between the state and the accused. At that point, the judge handed over General Voidier to the state in the form of Senior Assistant District Attorney Linda Dunikowski. Now, again, I'll include the video of her, General Voidier, of the prospective jurors in the text version of today's content. And of course, you can find the text version of today's content at lawofselfdefense.com arbury So once again, Assistant DA Donikowski took just over 37 minutes to work through roughly 80 questions identical to those she asked yesterday, as well as to read through a lengthy list of prospective witnesses to see if any were known to the jury panel. Some notable findings from the state's general voir dire included that nearly half of prospective jurors, 45%, had been victims of burglary or home invasion, and three-fourths, 75%, of these prospective jurors owned firearms in their home, which is no shock, I guess, if only given the high rate of burglary and home invasion in their experience. Now, as with yesterday, the state had these 80 general questions for the prospective jurors, and given the multitude of the state's questions, I won't read them all off here, but you can find the questions and the individual juror responses in the text version of today's content. And again, you can find that text Version of today's content at lawofselfdefense.com/slash-arbury. So after she asked all her questions, again, she had this lengthy list of prospective witnesses. Uh, she read their names and basically asked of the prospective jurors if any of them knew any of these potential witnesses. Uh, again, I won't detail that portion of the voir dire here. It would get tiresome, but you can enjoy it in the video of the voir dire embedded in the text version of today's content. And again, you can find the text version of today's content at lawofselfdefense.com arbury Having completed her questioning of the prospective jurors, Assistant DA Donokowski then turned the pool over to the defense. And defense counsel Jason Sheffield conducted the general voir dire for the defense as a whole, just as he has on previous days this week. Uh, again, although technically speaking, he represents only Travis McMichael. As before, we've embedded the defense voir dire for today into the text version of today's contents. And once again, you can find the text version of today's content at LawOfSelfDefense.com slash Now, it's notable that Sheffield again introduced Travis McMichael as former Coast Guard without objection from either state prosecutors or from the court. The state had objected the first time this was done. Uh, Accordingly, I expect the defense to characterize Travis McMichael as former Coast Guard throughout the remainder of the voir dire. Sheffield also managed to draw a rather outraged objection from Assistant D.A. Dunikowski in his introductory remarks to the jury when he described the prosecutors as representing the state of Georgia. In fact, that's how the prosecutors had described themselves. But then he went on to describe the defense lawyers as representing the Georgia Constitution and the U.S. Constitution. Assistant DA, Denikowski, did not like that at all. And you can enjoy that little exchange video of that little exchange embedded in the text version of today's content. Now, Defense Counsel Sheffield's questions elicited several of the more notable findings from today's general voir dire, including that a very large majority, 85% of prospective jurors indicated they had never engaged in any demonstrations or marches in support of the social justice movement. An even larger majority, 90%, indicated that they'd never advocated for or supported the Black Lives Matter movement, even with mere bumper stickers or yard signs. A still larger majority said they did not consider the old Georgia state flag based on a Confederate flag motif to be a racist symbol. A large majority of prospective jurors, 80%, said that people of color are treated fairly by the criminal justice system. On the other hand, almost half of prospective jurors, 45%, said that the police generally did not treat white and black people equally. Sheffield's questioning of the pool took about 13 minutes, exclusive of a, a short restroom break, which is in the video. He asked about 20 questions identical to those he asked yesterday. As with the state's questions, I won't read the defense questions here with the cor- corresponding responses. That would get tiresome. But I have included them in the text version of today's content. And again, you can find the text form of today's content at lawofselfdefense.com slash So after the defense had worked through its questions and the proceedings were then returned to Judge Walmsley, he Inform the prospective jurors to take a short recess and then transition into individual voir dire in which they would be questioned separately to follow up on some of the issues that came up during general voir dire he cautioned them that until he instructs them otherwise that they were not to discuss the case among themselves or others not to search out information about the case not visit the neighborhoods involved none of that Further, if anyone approaches them about the case or is discussing the case within their hearing, they are to notify the court. And interestingly, today, he also um, told them to don't go online or don't get information about the case online. Don't look at news feeds. This is a perfectly standard caution to prospective jurors. But folks, in this day and age, it seems almost ridiculous. Um, everyone has a phone, everyone's getting alerts, everyone's on Facebook and Twitter and various social media platforms, uh, Instagram. You can't but help see information about what's in the news. In this case, of course, is in the news, especially locally. So unless you tell jurors, prospective jurors, that they cannot go on the internet which this trial judge has not done, uh, there's no way they're not going to get exposure to news and propaganda about the case. And further, I'm not sure it's reasonable to tell people they can't go on the internet because so much of our social lives and business lives are now a function of interacting on the internet. So I don't have an answer to this dilemma, but it would be nice if someone bright came up with one. In any case, with that, the court recessed to come back into session a short time later with the individual voir dire. and as with yesterday, that voir dire is broadcast, but without audio, so there's not much use in us watching it. Uh, presumably, local journalists will be reporting the bare facts about such things as how many jurors were dismissed, how many were seated, if, ever, uh, if any, how many strikes were used, and so forth. But for us, that's all I have for you on these jury selection proceedings for today. If we get news about those things, I'll surely share it with you. So remember, folks, if you carry a gun, so you're hard to kill. That's why I carry a gun. So I'm hard to kill. My family is hard to kill. Then you also owe it to yourself and your family to make sure you know the law. So you're hard to convict. Until next time, I remain attorney Andrew Branca for Law of Self-Defense. Stay safe.